is an opportunity that doesn't come by so often, so I think we should make the most of it and let's listen to what Master can give to us tonight. So I'd like you all to welcome now Master Chinai. Good evening, my brothers and sisters. It is a great pleasure for me to be in your great country and in the great city of Sydney. You have taken for granted how beautiful your country is, but I appreciate probably better than you <laughs> since I just came the first time. It's so beautiful and clean and friendly. I think the people of Australia are very lucky to have uh, at least the outer paradise on earth. And should we have uh, inner paradise as well, then we are perfect. <laughs> we have the perfect condition and we do not wish to be in any other heaven. I have expected that you make a longer speech and spare me <laughs> some minutes, <laughs> but I'm caught immediately. <laughs> I'm happy and uh, grateful that you have received some precious time to come here, that we can get to know each other. I have not the desire to come in such a way <laughs> Oh, I have no desire to come at all, even though I like Australia. But just the uh, invitation, the repeated request from my fellow practitioners in Australia that I have the honor to come here at all. But even then, in my heart, I have always the strong conviction that you and I are no different there's no distinction whatsoever between each of us, and that I have absolutely nothing to teach you except to exchange the love and all the things that God has given us. But since some of our fellow practitioners in Australia were so loving and so earnest, in their request of my presence, that I, I have been brought here, perhaps by the love of the disciples, so-called disciples, and by the will of God, that I may get to know your country, that we may link with each other, at least through my humble presence. Maybe that is the only purpose that I sh should be here. But then, wherever I am invited to go, there will be always people who, perhaps humble in their uh, attitude, or perhaps have forgotten their origin, that is, their own kingdom of God, their own wisdom. And therefore, there will be always questions about how to seek the Buddha or God or the Christ power within themselves. 
Therefore, it seems that my purpose of coming to some some places is to share with the people uh, in that native land some of my collected knowledge about how to return to our own wisdom or the supreme power within ourselves. Many of the times I was asked, why is the title of the Supreme Master? (laughs) Am I so arrogant to call myself the Supreme Master? I said, no, it's the name of my father. Just like you are Mr. Smith, and so your daughter is also Miss Smith. (laughs) And it's also the name of all of our fathers, your father. And so you can also call yourself the Supreme I actually forgot all about it, (laughs) but just people keep reminding me. Now, in this world, we have found a lot of suffering as well as happiness. And most of the people would like to know why there is suffering and how to find happiness. The question to me, is not to eliminate so much of the suffering and not to gain more happiness, but to gain the supreme power through which we see happiness and suffering as just a stage play. And then we will see things in life just as we see the movies, we may have a little emotion through uh, the characters in the movies, but we will not be overwhelmed by this emotion and drow, get drowned in this emotion. So therefore, the difference between a so-called enlightened person and a so-called non-enlightened person is the strength is the wise outlook, I say, um, for the different phenomena in this world, as well as the world beyond. When we say the world beyond, it is actually not correct, because there is no word beyond. Every, each word is within us. And when we say within, it's also not correct because there is no outside and no inside. But because of our human, human language, uh, we have to express it in somehow the inner feeling or the inner intuitive understanding. Actually, there is a very strange feeling after enlightenment, because you feel that everyone is all right the way they are. And you know that everyone has this supreme power within themselves, or the Buddha nature within themselves. And why don't they know it? And therefore identify themselves with the suffering within and without. But because of that, 
many of people of the world like to seek enlightenment so that they know. After enlightenment, you were just the same as before. But there's only one difference, is that you accept everything that comes to you, and everything is given to you is holy, and everyone else is holy. Even though maybe in the course of teaching or guiding, the enlightened person might point out some direction that perhaps is useful for the true seekers after um, the kingdom of God. Therefore, we have uh, heard of perhaps vegetarian diets, or the ten precepts in the Bible, the five precepts of the Buddhists, etc. These are the helping factors for the spiritual seeker so that he or she may achieve the quicker result and the safest way to attain the so-called liberation. If we had known that we are already liberated, perhaps these things are not absolutely necessary. But because most of us do not know that we are liberated, therefore we need some tools like meditation practice, vegetarian diet, and ethical, I would say, precepts. Sometimes people keep bargaining, saying, well, I want initiation, but no precepts and no vegetarian. Is that all right? I said to him, it is all right. As long as you want to play the football with other people, but bring along the tennis, tennis ball or tennis, I say, equipment. And then you would not be playing football at all. Then the game is spoiled, and you yourself will not be enjoying the football game, but just being in a messy condition. There is such thing as enlightenment, as long as we are still in the ignorant state of mind. That means we do not know that we are enlightened then we need enlightenment. What for enlightenment? So long as we still want to seek peace and happiness within ourselves and to grant this happiness to other people, we need enlightenment. Should we think this world is perfect the way it is and we still continue to go on without caring whether we will be here next, we'll be reborn again as what or not. And of course, we do not need. If we still care for the welfare of the world and peace in this earth, of course, we need enlightenment. Before mind so-called enlightenment, I was having a very so-called good life, very harmonious, well, I mean, not 100%, but comparable. 
to other harmonious life. And there was nothing that I need or desire to have, which I already, which I don't already have. But somehow, there are many things in this life, like richness, fame, health, happy marriage, friends, etc., do not seem to completely feel the emptiness within our heart. That is because we are lacking the knowledge of our own super-wisdom. After we have found our own super-wisdom, maybe we still continue to serve a household life, to enjoy our marriage, to raise our children, to fulfill our social obligation. But the total outlook is completely different from before. We'll be contented. The contentment that I have mentioned is not similar to the contentment that we, uh, that we feel after we eat a nice meal or maybe meet a good friend or having a very merry party. Because this contentment is everlasting. Whether we have a party or not, whether we are married or not married, whether we have a good position or not good position, whether we are wealthy or we are not wealthy, whether we are in good health or we are in illness. This stability of mind, this peace, peacefulness of our own being will be achieved only if we are enlightened. The cause of all suffering is not through an external uh, condition, but it is truly from our own attitude. Just like, mm, just like for example, many the uh, Indian monks or other countries' monks, they live a very simple life. They probably live in a cave or a tent or they just uh, sleep wherever they can. But they are very happy and contented and they don't ask for anything. But to an ordinary person, if he is, li- he is to be forced to spend his time in such a condition, he will feel very unhappy. And he will be forever striving to gain more rich or more fame, or in whatever, whatever in his mind appear to be uh, desirable. Similarly, also in spiritual practice, if we do not find uh, a best way, the fastest way to achieve our highest enlightenment goal, 
then we'll be also forever desiring spiritual experiences. Not that uh, many, many other methods cannot offer us enlightenment. It just probably, it takes too long and we will be exasperated. Is that a correct word? I haven't used it for many years. Uh, I mean, by waiting, <laughs> by waiting too long and nothing happened or it happened just too little. It couldn't satisfy our longing for God, if you call that God. What is God? Many people ask me. Is that a person or is it an impersonal power? I always told them it is both. If it should appear to you as a person to satisfy your longing, then it will be that way. If not, then you will perceive through intuitive understanding and what God is. We imagine God is the fulfiller of our wishes, of our promises, but that, that is true, even though it is too materialistic a way to express what God is. We don't find God as a person who sits there and grants us every candy or cakes that we want to have. But automatically, our life will be fulfilled. But we will be fulfilled even with or without candies. That is the orthodoxical way of, uh, of God. Because God is our own fulfillment self, our own very self. When we attain to our self, we will never feel lacking in any way at all. And all those so-called cities power, mean the supernatural powers of any kind, will automatically come to us. Most of the master do not uh, advocate supernatural power for fearing that we attach ourselves too much to the uh, ma- spiritual materialism. And therefore, we have not the interest and the strength enough to go further into a higher realms of realization. Just like a king. In India, there was a story about a king. He was a very good king and loving to his subjects. Now, one day, he uh, arranged that all his possessions, treasures, will be given to the people at large. Whoever needs anything can just come and satisfy him or herself at the exhibition without any condition at all. Because he has no children and no family ties, so he loves his people as his own. Now everyone comes, everyone came, okay, <laughs> sorry. I'm always in the present and forgot that I told the story in the past. Everyone came and picked something of his heart's desire. But there was one girl. She came and goes straight to the back of the uh, 
probably the room or the place where the king exhibited all his possession, and put her hand on his shoulders and asked, "Are you also available?" And the king was surprised. <laughs> Say, why? Didn't you like any of the things that I have、uh, laid outside? So the girl said, "No, I only like you." <laughs> so and then,、uh, of course, the king was very happy that somebody likes him for himself alone and not because of his treasures. Of course, then、uh, the king availed to her, and then they they got married, something like that. Uh, live happily ever after. That we should be.、Huh? And you know what happened?、Huh? The girl did not want anything, but the whole nation belonged to her, including all these subjects and all these objects. Therefore, in our path, we also do not、uh, advocate the miracle power. Doesn't mean we don't have. Doesn't mean we don't have. After the great enlightenment, or even small enlightenment, we have all the powers that we want. But then we will have so much that we don't even know how much power we have. Instead of clinging to a corner of the house, we have the whole house and included that corner. Some people also before. Coming to learn this、uh, immediate enlightenment method of the heavenly light and sound, they have also tried to practice in many other meditational way, and they have also achieved probably somewhat of the city's power or I mean the power of seeing very far away or hearing something which is not in the vicinity. For example,、uh, I sit here and I can see what happened in London, or I can hear what happened in Paris. Yes, these are so-called CD powers, or probably we can read the other people's mind, see what he's thinking about us. Yeah. Wow, this is probably good for the spy, <laughs> for the people <laughs> who are doing zero zero seven or something like that. But then, after they have、uh, become initiated into our path, hey, somehow they lost these powers, or maybe they have seen some better things or know better knowledge that they have begged the master to take away this city's power from them. There were two reasons for these things. First, probably they've gone too high. Higher than the city power level, so they have overlooked the previous miracle that they have possessed. The second reason why they have not lost these powers and beg the master to take them away, it is because they probably still cling to these powers somewhat in their mind, and so the master let them have the choice to. Forsake it themselves or not? Because after you have gone into a little bit further region of consciousness, a higher level of beings, 
then you will feel that these cities, so-called power, are more hindrance than help to our spiritual progress. Therefore, we automatically do not want to use them. Suppose you sit here in samadhi, in, in a very tranquil state of mind, where you are in a super awareness of your true self, and you have no desire absolutely for heaven and earth. And then you see something happen in London, which is very uh, gruesome. Is that the correct word? Terrible, yeah. Oh. And uh, then you can't do nothing about it. <laughs> Would that make you feel comfortable? Yes or no? Huh? Please answer me. No, huh? Oh, yes. No, huh? Not really. Right, <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> yeah, you feel more frustrated, and then you get more, I say, upset. And you have uh, tried to attain the state of peace of mind, and here you are, feeling very frustrated and miserable about somewhere else's condition of which you cannot do absolutely anything at all. Or maybe you see to somebody else's heart or mind, and when you're doing transaction business, <laughs> or you see into your wife's heart and see that she's loving the neighbors and not you. <laughs> and then could that be helpful when you're sitting in meditation? Huh? No. <laughs> I think Australian people are very serious. <laughs> yeah. I laugh a lot, but I couldn't laugh here probably. <laughs> no uh, no charge. <laughs> I guess when I get to know you better, then you laugh better than me, but everyone is so serious today. I wonder why. What's wrong? Did anybody catch some money outside by mistake? <laughs> no, huh? No, huh? No, no, no fee for coming, huh? No. Then why should you so miserable? <laughs> I mean, so happy. <laughs> it's so serious. Uh, probably you're too concentrated, yeah. So where were we before? Where were we? Yeah. Ah, the CD power. And suppose uh, somebody were bearing a lot of hatred against us, and then we have the power to penetrate his mind. That would be very uncomfortable feeling for both. Because most of the people have a lot of sometimes very uh, uncontrollable feeling, uncontrollable emotion within themselves, which might or might not have nothing to do with them. And if we get to know all these things, it's only useless. And then we always worry about this mundane level, and we can never get into the beyond in order to merge ourselves in the greatest wisdom. There are a lot of uh, spiritual say, um, happenings in our century, and therefore it is good for us, very good for our people in this age, to know so much about the superpower within ourselves. But sometimes it also confuses us as to follow which direction. 
because mostly we will be tempted by the uh, so-called immediate result, like a miraculous power or healing abilities, and uh, seeing through the walls <laughs> or walking in the space, etc. That we forgot what is the main purpose of uh, practicing meditation or getting to know spirituality at all. It shouldn't be really. Because when we know our true self, uh, the supreme wisdom inside, we will know everything. That, I think, is the best measurement, the best standard to church which path we should concentrate on. Therefore, Jesus also say, Seek you first the kingdom of God, and all other things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God is not something that is very far away in heaven. It is here right now, and we have them all within ourselves. We only have to unlock it and use it every day. And then we will see how better a person we become, how wise, how loving, and how satisfied a person we will become. Of course, the spiritual attainment is not measured in material sense or value, but it is just the frustrating inability of anyone to express a greater value of insight. We have to start somewhere. Because most of people will ask me, what is the use of practice meditation, of getting enlightenment at all? If we are not enlightened, is that all right or not? <laughs> yes, it is all right. It is very, very much all right. But look at our world. Is it absolutely all right? If the answer is no, that means we're lacking something despite all our material comfort, all the scientific uh, invention. Our world is probably all right in some part, perhaps in Australian, Australia, but not all right in many other parts. And why? It is because of lack of wisdom. It is because we cling to our small little knowledge and trying to do things to conquer the world with this little knowledge that we have. Should we have access to the whole wisdom, which is incredible, absolutely unimaginable, then we would do things in the better way and the world would have become long ago a paradise, perhaps even better than the life we have in Australia right now. And we see even then in the most advanced country, uh, technologically speaking, or (laughs) perhaps materially speaking, there are still a lot of uncontrollable incidents which harms humans' life. You see, uh, when I was on the way to, to you in this uh, 
theater. One of my fellow practitioners in Guanning Method, she drove me in her car, and she said that uh, she was thanking me, <laughs> I don't know why, for helping her to buy this car in just five minutes, <laughs> whereby she searched about half a year before and couldn't buy any time she wanted somebody take it away. Every time she wanted, just somebody took it away. But this time she succeeded. And she thought because she prayed to me, I said, well, it is all your spiritual merit. It had nothing to do with me, but she couldn't believe it. It's all right. Rest as it is. But I said, why did you have to buy a new car? She said, because the car was stolen. I said, what? In Australia? Are you somebody stole your car? I can't believe it. <laughs> I thought yes, this economic situation in Australia is very stable. I was so shocked to hear it. But she says, it's true. They steal it sometimes. All right. Why do people steal? Even in such a very stable country where even the poor got looked after. And no one going to be starved on the street, really, in Australia. Right? Am I correct? You have social security benefit, right, for the non-employee, is that right? Am I correct or not? Yeah, should be, yes, yes. In many countries like that, in England, France, or Germany also, you get social uh, security money when you are temporarily out of work and, and that, or without any means to support yourself while you're sick or something. It's very secured. But why do people still... Uh, I think steal cars and things like that. It is not only because of the car itself. It was an old car anyhow. It was an old car only. It wasn't the car. It wasn't the desire to steal that is to be bla- to, to blame. It was the dissatisfaction in the heart of any human who does such thing because he's not content, contented to accept the way his life is or what God has, uh, I mean, God has meant to give him dissatisfaction. Why dissatisfaction? Because unenlightened. Unenlightened mind is a very unsatisfied mind. Even if that person who was given a better car, he might not stop there. He might want another car or next an airplane. It is because we are unsatisfied with ourselves. We do not know the source of all richness, of all power. So we want this and that and others, even though when it's not very necessary. Why we want these things? It is because we have been in glory, in freedom, in richness before in heaven, before we descended into this lowly stage of thinking that we are just a human being, that we have no power, that we don't know anything, that it is very difficult to attain heaven. But I can assure you that even then, even now, we still can attain heaven and very quickly, fast, and right here, right in where we live.
we don't need to go to Himalaya, even though I did. <laughs> but it was not necessary for anyone to do that. I was probably destined or destined to do so. What is better, destined or destined? Huh? Destined? Okay. You see, many people have uh, different ideas about about asceticism. They think if we forsake the whole world and family and go into a cave and meditate in the Himalaya, then they will attain freedom. It's not true. It's not true. I did that just because God wanted me to do that. <laughs> so that I can tell you that it's not necessary to do that. Otherwise, <laughs> you would not believe me. Probably you say, oh, you can't do it yourself. You're afraid of the Himalaya cold, therefore you tell us not to go because you yourself can't do it. You don't have any experience. But I had ex- this experience in order to tell you that it was absolutely not necessary. Probably I was more ignorant than you, <laughs> therefore I did that. Therefore, uh, probably, um, anyhow, we don't need. No one needs to do anything at all. We can just stay right where we are and do what we do now and attain our greatness inside. And then we will still live on earth, but we live in heaven at the same time. We discharge our social responsibilities, but we have no desire for the reward. And we have no attachment to the possession that we have or not have. We will have no desire for the neighbor's things, or wives or husbands. Then actually, the so-called precepts will just become just a very natural way of life for us, and it's not a precept anymore. These precepts are only guidelines while we were still unable to control our mind. But once we are in control of our mind, action and speech, effortlessly, then these precepts are just child play. And we don't keep the precepts anymore because there's no necessary to keep them. We don't do anything that is not precepted anyhow. And even then, if we do, we know why. And we do not torment ourselves with the self-inflict guilt that was not necessary in that place, in that instant. But before, we can do everything effortlessly. We must attain the state of understanding, of knowing the will of God, knowing the plan of the universe, that at which moment we should do what and why. And we have no resistance from within or without to accept life the way it is and also to go on with our business without heavy burden, without feeling exhausted from just a few hours of work. And then, even then, if we work a few hours a day, the effectiveness would be much more than before. We put a lot of effort in and we couldn't do much. Most of the master 
after enlightenment, uh, do not advocate people to leave their families, uh, their friends, their business, to go into solitude, uh, to become a monk and all that. <laughs> it is because they have seen through this, that these outer things will not help us to attain the inner tranquility of mind. It is only we truly resign, renounce from within that we truly have an everlasting, desireless state. If we force ourselves too early to leave our family ties and responsibility, just like a fruit which is not yet arrived, a ripen, 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 <laughs> not yet a ripen, and we force, forcefully take it from the tree, then it's useless. We couldn't eat it, and the fruit will not be able to last very long either. It's neither good for the fruit nor good for us. Most of our fellow practitioners in the Kuan Yin method, it means the method of uh, contacting the true heavenly light and sound, which represents our true supreme wisdom within. They are so-called lay, laymen, laypersons. There were no monks and nuns. But their levels of attainment is incredible. And it is difficult to measure their attainment unless you talk to them or see their way of life and their enlightenment in action. Perhaps how they handle difficult uh, situation, perhaps how they tend to their family and uh, helping social uh, how's it, um, mission at the same time, perhaps in how they deal with aggressive people lovingly, perhaps in how they discharge their duties in such a quick, witty and effective way. Perhaps in how they look so contented and peaceful in any situation that would uh, blow other people's uh, temperament apart. Perhaps in these ways we may be able to, uh, I'll say, perceive somewhat the difference between these practitioners and the ordinary person. Otherwise, from the outlook, it's very difficult to know. Perhaps we have read somewhere in those uh, spiritual novels that after you practice some kind of meditation a long time, you became young, uh, I was a very youthful, forever young, I never die. <laughs> and never sick, uh, beautiful, more beautiful than before, etc. These probably are true in some degree, but it doesn't happen to all uh, spiritual practitioners because they don't aim at this material 
manifestation of wisdom. Perhaps it helps you to be healthier because you are more carefree within your heart and you are more uh, surrender to the will of the universe rather than taking the whole world up on your shoulder and can't do nothing about it. Just go around worrying all day and age yourself quickly. Therefore, perhaps in this sense, the practitioners look younger, more relaxed and healthy and loving and happy. But I don't think we should expect a practitioner uh, of 80 years old turn into 18, for example, just because he practiced a heavenly presence. But the people who eat vegetarian, who practice the Guan Yin method, do truly look better. better. Some looks even immediately better after the initiation that even I myself <laughs> was sometimes uh, very surprised. I am not surprised in a sense that I don't expect this to happen, but I'm surprised that that person looks so different, that much more different than uh, expected, and so, so quickly. All this because our wisdom, our supreme power, is starting to work and to correct whatever the misconstruction within our body, within our mental, or within our speech. Therefore, our appearance truly do look different, look different. But it is not very important. All these fairy tales truly does uh, exist. For example, before we hear that uh, certain such person uh, in his dream or in his difficulty, a fairy goddess or mother guardian will come and help him out and things like that. All these things happen right now, in this century even. And all the spiritual healing powers and all kind of incredible supernatural power do truly exist if we practice the kingdom of God, the supreme wisdom, which is our birthright and is always there for us to achieve. If we do not practice this, if we do not find a way to recognize our greatest inheritance, no one will say anything to us. Absolutely no one has the right to say anything. It's only us, we, who suffer the loss that we have a great treasure and we don't use it. And we suffer so much or we have some happiness but only very partial, very short-lived. And sometimes it is the cause of the next sorrow of tomorrow. Therefore the choice is for us to wake up into our glory or to sleep in our darkness and denying ourselves all the things that other people every day experience, which is good, which is excellent, which is incredible, which is beneficial for, their, uh, for themselves, for their environment, for their immediate, immediate circles, and for the world at large. 
If we do not get enlightenment, we do not know our supreme power, we deny ourselves the greatest privilege that even angels envy. Even small gods in lower heavenly regions are jealous of. And that is only a very pity. We are only the one to be blamed. And so, uh, since I am here already, due to my fellow practitioners' kindness and invitation, I am willing to share with you the way to regain your greatness, to experience your true self, to have all your wishes fulfilled, and to live a more worthy life. Even though we all will die, so-called die later, or our, our body will decay, but at least while we are on this earth, we will live a heroic life, a strong, spiritual, and we are the tower for other people to look up and to inspire other people to rely upon their own, their own strength with this insight, which is incredible, which I have no true words to explain. Um, I think I have spoken enough. <laughs> I thank you for your attention, and maybe if you like to tell me something or ask some question, you're welcome. So I know this has touched a lot of people's hearts, and I know we'd all like to thank Master Ching Hai. The attendants have given out some blank paper, white paper and pens. If you have any questions, you can write them down and hand them to the attendants who will bring them up here. Any questions about... What? He wants to come to my phone and talk. Is that okay? We'll see if that's possible technically, okay? Technically. All right, just then hang you stand up. Otherwise, you'll be louder. <laughs> stand up and ask quick. If I can understand your Australian voice. Can you comment on? Can you comment on this? What I'm going to ask you, and um, and then I'm going to ask you a question, please. It's universally accepted that Jesus was a great man. He cured the sick, the blind, the lame. He raised the dead. Yeah. Okay. All right, I got the half. Yeah, okay, he raised the dead. These were proofs of his very special qualities. Actions speak louder than words. Right, right. Yet Jesus ate meat and drank wine. Yet you exclude that. Why is that? Okay. Where is it stated that he ate meat and drank wine? On the Passover, it's typical among uh, but there were the Jews who ate, not not necessary Jesus. All right, okay. I have told you already. Suppose you are very highly enlightened, 
If occasionally you eat meat even, it doesn't affect his statue. But I didn't say... So well, what was your question? The question outside, you have a board that says, when I went to sign up for enlightenment, yeah. there were five points. And I said, oh, I can't do that because I eat meat and I drink wine. And they said, oh, you can't be enlightened well. No, no, no. Okay, okay, please, enough. Huh? I understand your question already. You don't steal so much time from the audience. Okay, now the question I have told you already, if you want to, you can be enlightened with eating meat as well. But the point is to keep it, to keep the uh, enlightenment state. And to be faster, you better be vegetarian. Should you attain the hay of Jesus' enlightenment, you may eat anything you wish. But we are students yet. Understand? I have to set example for my students. <laughs> when you were a student in the college, you exclude yourself many things because you wanted to concentrate on your study. You, can't, you, you exclude nice clothes and even girlfriends sometimes, even postpone your marriage just because you want to have a high grade in the college and get your PhD fastly without so much burden in between time. But once you become a professor, it could be possible that you still wear shaped big clothes, but it is allowed for you if you wish. You can wear fancy clothes, marriage, have many children, which you excluded yourself before. Understand? But anyhow, my brother, it is not desirable to eat other, pe- other beings' flesh. Don't you think so? Why is it desirable to kill for your body? Tell me. What was it? You, you protested? Ah. Okay, brother, uh, why don't you have a private interview with me later and you can argue yourself out, okay? Because I think you can't stop talking now, but other people, they protested, okay? Uh. You see, I do not condemn people who eat meat. The rules outside are only the so-called secret, uh, how say, secret method for people to want to get enlightenment quickly and to preserve it. And you may or may not follow it as your own free will. We are not condemned. Uh, we, we don't condemn people who eat meat. Just if you want to follow this path, it is best for you to follow the completely and wholeheartedly if you are to expect the best result of it. It's probably better that each one write it down because sometimes I speak from, from there, it's very difficult for me to hear and it takes a long time. And each one different pronunciation. Uh, I seek your blessing as a foreigner. <laughs> you know, the accents are different and it's difficult for me to hear. Yeah. How does one know he or she has been enlightened? 
Oh, it's, it's very... How, how does one not know? If, if you graduate from college, how do you know? Do you know it? Yes, yes. When one is enlightened, can there be circumstances that would lead to non-enlightenment? No, no. When you've grown up, you've grown up. You can grow back to the infant stage. You might stop or retard, but you will not grow back to the infant age again. Can you tell us of love? No. I can't. <laughs> Why? Because these things are not to be told in language. Suppose you love your wife. How can you expri- uh, describe that love? You can only know it between each other. To the outsider, it means nothing. doesn't matter how you explain it. With respect, we would like you to explain about reincarnation. Reincarnation is supposed to be for some so-called non-enlightened state of mind which seek to fulfill the pleasures, the, the desires which uh, that person has not completely, uh, I would say, been fulfilled during his stage of uh, a certain kind of being. For example, if we uh, are so much in love with someone in this lifetime, and then for some reason um, the love is not fulfilled or not substituted in another way, then when after the both person die, he will probably be reincarnated again and search for that old love which you have uh, cared so much about. I have no question, but I only ask that you take my love. Thank you. Thank you. If Allah, Buddha, or Jesus were alive today, would they be greenies? Greenie is someone who is environmentally conscious who doesn't want the plant... Ah, uh, become green? Would they be... We call them greenies. Oh, uh, understand, understand. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is a new party which protect the environment, yeah. right? Uh, partially, perhaps, yes. <laughs> you see, we should protect the greenery as much as possible for our, for our own benefit. But we should not become a natural worshipper whereby every tree is worth more than human being. Yes, trees are for human beings. So in case we, sh- we need them, we should preserve them as much as our space, time, and the population allows. So in that case, probably Jesus and Allah, whoever, <laughs> would vote for that. <laughs> I'm also a nature preserver myself, and all our practitioners are not allowed to cut trees unnecessarily. But if necessary, we cut them in order to build in that space some better, uh, I would say, 
better institution for other people. So we cannot always uh, preserve nature without concerning humans' uh, comfort. Yes, we better see to the situation where we should preserve and when and how much. As you said, enlightenment will cause us to ignore everything, such as wealth, illness, or a higher position in society. I agree with your point of view about ignoring wealth, but how about illness? We suffer every minute. Illness causes incredible pain and misery. How can we ignore that? We just do not feel so much suffer the way we did before enlightenment. That's all. We will tend to our body as much as we can. We give it as com- much comfort as it needed, and we give it medical care and all that. But uh, we do not feel should we have to suffer from illnesses. Our patience, our en- enduring power increases, and therefore the illness doesn't bother us much. I do not say we ignore it completely. It doesn't bother us that much. And even uh, after enlightenment, many of our illness just <laughs> disappear. It is not miracles. It is because our superpower self awaken and regulate some of the misconstructing part in our body and destroy it. So many people found themselves with no more cancer. And even though they were already put on the on the operating table and anesthetic needle were already, uh, how say, admitted to them, but then the doctor found, to their amazement, that no more cancer is there. So he was pushed outside again. So <laughs> we don't ignore the illness. I- illness seems to ignore enlightened people. I have the need to be more spiritual towards all life. How do I react to the negativity around me? If we have a spiritual tendency, then we have more tolerance towards all things, including negative uh, influences and also um, any negative outlook in life. We be more tolerant, more understanding, and also our positive self we radiate somewhat these healing energies. We correct somewhat the negative, uh, I'll say, atmosphere. So that we don't need to do anything, really, if we are truly spiritual. Things will uh, better themselves in some degree. And should that person come to us for advice or want to better himself also, then we will be in a position to tell him, what to do, or suggest what to do. You said during the course of your talk that once we were perfect, but are not now. What circumstances led us to this situation? We are lost in the circus, you see, and we enjoy so much the circus (laughs) that we forgot our home. If someone come and just tap us on the shoulder and say, oh, you don't belong here. You have enough now. Now you're hungry, you're cold. You should not stick here. Go home and then have some comfort. Dear Master, there is always a fear of the unknown. 
How can one be certain that the Guanin method is the right one? Of course, you don't know until you try. But as you see from our outlining principles, you can see that even if Guanin method doesn't do you any good or you're not certain of the benefit of Guanin method, one thing you can be certain that it will do you no harm. No harm if you eat vegetarian diet, at least you're healthy. If you don't believe in any spiritual compassion at all, it's proved scientifically that vegetarian diet is healthy for you. And all the hospitals in the world are built for the meat eaters. You know that. <laughs> Most of meat eaters are in the hospital anyhow. Okay, so one standpoint. And the so-called five precepts are to protect you from the uneasiness of mind should you have only a very loving and one-pointed relationship. Uh, you do not take what doesn't belong to you and you do not uh, gambling, which causes misery to yourself and others and your family. You do not take alcohol and to, how you say, make your mind, your vision, vision blurred and you take drugs, it's not good for you. From all this very apparent so-called material guidelines, at least you know that our teaching, our method, will benefit you somewhat. And from then you start, and you get to know better, and at least we offer you somewhat immediate proof of enlightenment. And at least we don't cast any money for it before, between, and after. <laughs> you have no condition, no binding whatsoever. Suppose even afterward you don't want us, we also don't do anything to you. Understand? So in any way, you don't lose anything. You will only gain. And that is the, uh, some, uh, I mean, symbolic thing I can tell you. But moreover, you must use your intuitive wisdom to ascertain which path to follow. Doesn't matter what I say, you have to know it. And pray to your inner self, to God, to Jesus, to Allah, to Buddha, ever, to help you to decide. And if you see the stronger pull to come to us, then you know it is for you. Should you do not feel it, or you feel stronger pull into the world, all right, then you are not yet ready. Understand? It's very simple. Are you connected with the Great White Brotherhood, these masters such as El Moria? I can't pronounce the next one. Hmm? I can't pronounce the next one. These... Didn't have a help. <laughs> you don't know that? You don't know? Uh, Kutunami, yeah. In a lot of spiritual books, like theosophical books. Oh, I see, I see. Ah, the white brotherhood is uh, originally denoted those who are highly advanced beings. And uh, of course, probably in that sense, then I also belong there. <laughs> but we belong to the Almighty, belong to ourselves. That is the surest. Yeah? That's the only certain answer I can give you. We belong to a group <laughs> of making you yourself better, making you become a master, a white brother. 
even if you are black. <laughs> okay? What's happened with the Australian humor? Come on. Your students seem to worship you a lot and consider you like a god, a supreme being. Do you have any comments on their worshiping attitude towards you? I have no comment. They do what they want, they're free to worship or not worship me. I don't advocate worshiping myself or me or anyone at all. I always told them that the greatness is yours. Whatever miracles you have, or whatever things that occur to you, it is because you are on spiritual path, because you practice yourself, because you, the, your own great wisdom is awakened and helps you. Hmm? If they worship me or not worship me, uh, make no effect on me. But I can't stop people. I can't stop them. I can't go to each one of them and repeat the same thing all the time. I can only give a general guideline, but they, just the way they are. People are like that. Well, they will grow out of it. They grow out of it. Don't worry. But that's good for them. It's good for them. They have one pointed. <laughs> I do them no harm. And if they remember me, it's better than they remember the devil. Hmm? <laughs> Come on. What do you think of sex? If you condemn sex, then you must condemn mud. But do not forget, a lotus flower comes out of mud. Now you repeat what somebody else is saying. If it's from you, I still accept it. But you repeat it from another so-called, I don't know, master. Is that right? I never condemn sect, do I? Did I in any lecture or in my lecture condemn sex? So, I guess you want to air your view. But it's not your view, it's somebody else's view. So it's better you get enlightened yourself and have your comment on sex. Hmm? At least you're alive now, talking about sex and everybody's excited. <laughs> I thank the man for asking the question. Come on, ask more of this question and everybody's all ears. <laughs> you see, I never condemn sex at all, but I do not advocate teaching or encouraging or, how to say, always reminding people of sex. These things all the animals can do anyhow. What's the big deal about it? That we have to condemn or worship. Hmm? I don't think we should even mention it. Understand? Never mind to make it a theme of teaching or the important topic. It's nothing important. Hmm? If I condemn sex, I wouldn't be here. My parents would, would be dead. Huh? And the Buddha never born and Jesus never came. Don't talk nonsense, okay? <laughs> right. Just like to say that some of you are thinking that we're not answering all of the questions. There are too many questions. We are trying to put those that are similar together, asking them only once. It's not that we are afraid to answer any of your questions. Oh, is that right? Somebody complained? There are also questions written in Chinese and Vietnamese. We have to leave time for that. We don't mind to stay all night, but... Some of you might like to leave sooner or later. Huh? Okay. Whatever you think, uh, you're not satisfied. Uh, do we have time for in private interview later? Sure. Oh, yes. In a mi between time, if you're not satisfied with any answer, if you want to 
have an urgent question with me, please come to me later. All right? Okay. Now we just uh, answer the general one. How do you learn to love yourself? Love yourself. Ah. Do we need to learn this? After enlightenment, we know that we are all right. That's all I can tell you. It's all right the way I am. Mm. I don't know if I love myself or not. I just know I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs> Come. There is a lady apparently wants to ask a question on the microphone. If she can talk. She says, there's always a problem when they ask in microphone. You see, it takes a long time and they stumble around. Look at that. <laughs> please. Please, begin. Uh, hello. Hi. Greetings. Uh, just a question from your book, the sample book here that I have, page 40. Uh, just a query. Never in the Bible have I found a sentence which says, animals are your food. Neither the New Testament nor the Old Testament says anything like that. God never says things like that. And also you go on to say that God never said, well, God never said that we should kill animals to eat. Right. Well, reading from the Bible, Matthew chapter 15, um, verse 17, Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do you not understand that whatever goes in at the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed from the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. It's not what goes in that makes a man unclean, but what comes from his heart. And the other quick reference I'd like to turn to is from the book of Acts, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, I'm a bit nervous. Peter, as you know, one of Jesus' greatest disciples, he said that he, had, he went into a trance and he became hungry and would have eaten. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, call not thou uncommon. Thank you. Yes, thank you too. In the first uh, paragraph that you read in Matthew... It didn't mention meat at all. Probably Jesus at that time mentioned that because some of the people are so attached to whether eating pig or not eating pig. Pig, right? P-I-G. 
Yeah, and certain food that they don't eat, but other food they can eat. So probably Jesus mentioned that. But he didn't say meat at all. A second, suppose Peter have seen all these, but in his vision only. And whatever God created with God's power through a visionary, uh, how say, revelation, it is not real. It's not the fleshly, material flesh that God has wanted him to eat. Similarly, in Buddhist scriptures, there was a paragraph inside the Surangama Sutra. The Buddha mentioned that in the early days of my preaching, there are many monks who come from a different background and countries. They are not used to eating vegetarian food. Therefore, I manifested some so-called meat for them to eat through my power, magical power. But later on, if any monks who eat meat, they are not my disciples because they are not the meat I manifested to them is not the real meat. I guess in this sense, both the Bible and the Suragama Sutra of the Buddhist uh, say the same thing. You see, in the Old Testament, God never mentioned that we should eat meat. He said, I create all the beautiful fruits for you in the field and all the herbs in the garden. These are your food. Uh, dear Master, uh, we have some uh, question in Vietnamese. Okay, now, speak. They write in Vietnamese, but we also speak in English, so that all of you understand. Uh, this question I can't translate to English because they use some words in the uh, Buddhist Sutra. Kính thưa Đại sư, trong Kinh Kim Cang... I told you to speak English. <laughs> Directly, translation. Yet in, in, the, Bud- in the Buddhist Sutra, uh, a Buddha says, if you use the sound and the light to see me mm-hmm. so that you can see the Buddha. But in your, in your book, uh, you said about the light and sound. Please tell me what difference between the light, the sound in the Buddhist Sutra and your teaching. Okay, now, there are further explanations in that Sutra that, but the Buddha didn't say the light and the sound. The Buddha said if you use the apparent form, the phenomena form, to worship me, or worship my phenomena form, then you could not see the Buddha. It means you could not see the Buddha nature. But he did not mean the light and sound, which is invisible to the eyes and inaudible to the flesh ear. That's a different. These are transcendental uh, light and sound, which will help you get wiser and more peaceful and more loving. The Buddha means if we cling to the ordinary um, form of the Buddha, doesn't matter how he appears on earth, or we cling to kind of idol worship, then we could never find our own Buddha nature. It doesn't mean this light and sound. Dear Master, do you think the God uh, discriminates the human or not? If yes, why do God give not give everybody the same the color, the skin color, the same hair, same languages. Therefore, the human from 
the human will uh, will not uh, meet any problem about language and any discrimination on color skin uh, maybe lead to the world and uh, violent play explained it for me God does give whatever you have just mentioned to us but we have chosen to be in this dual stage because we like it should you want to be equal again and each one look the same again in glory and beauty then please join the heavenly hierarchy or hierarchy huh? yes yes and uh, that's why i am here to show you how to do it to go back to the non-discriminating state hmm? you have the choice either to be here in this colorful dimension or to go into the dimension where is no discrimination between the sexes, between the uh, hate, between the uh, rich and poor, and the color of the skin, etc. Hmm? If we want a good result in meditation... Uh, excuse me, just uh, one more moment. Yes. yes, I have forgot also. You see, why God give us so much of this so-called color? Because he's very loving... Because we want whatever we want, we get it. Yeah? He also gives us other choice. Therefore, we have many choices. That's why he gives us also this kind of word and also many other kinds of words. Like Jesus mentioned, in, the he- in my father's house, there are many mansions. So uh, if you don't like this word the way it is, it's all right. You come to the other word. And, and we know the way. We can guide you. Hmm? Okay. And um, those who do not like to go to the other world, it's all right the way you are. You stay here and do what you want. <laughs> Therefore, we don't force people to follow us at all. We just offer the opportunity for those just like you who want to go into that kind of dimension. Understand? There's no need to argue with me. Why this and that? Yeah? Every word, every... Um, places has its regulation and rules. So if you want to abide by that rules and regulation, then you stay in that place. If not, there are other kind of regular and rules for your, for yourself. For example, the Vietnamese or the Chinese who immigrate to Australia, even though they still were so-called Chinese or Vietnamese, but they have to abide by the rule of Australian government, whether they like it or not. They should never bother to ask why driving on the left side and not the right side. In my country, I always ride the right side. Why so complicated to ride on the left side? But that's the way it is. If you want to be in Australia, you just do it. Make it simple. <laughs> right? Uh, they tell me the Buddha sounds is the sound of the music or the word. Or the voice. The void? Yeah. The voice. Con xin đọc trong tiếng Việt. Xin cho biết Phật âm là âm thanh của tiếng nhạc hay là lời nói? This is like musical. Seems like, but it's not exactly like the music of our world. It's indescribable. It has indescribable effect on us. It's a symbol of the inner wisdom. And the more we hear it, the better we become and wiser we become. Not the voice, not the spoken words. Sometimes, sometimes it can be, but it's not generally. 
we want a good result in meditation, do you think we need to receive initiation from a real master for protection and introduction? If we haven't got, uh, if we haven't received initiation and we meditate, what happened? Uh, you see, you have heard many people that had trouble when they tried to meditate alone without uh, experience, an experienced guide. Uh, it is a little bit adventuresome, but if you can do it alone, it's all right. You'll find enlightenment if you can do it alone. Uh, just that in the general, in general, it's better to have a, a teacher. Just like uh, you learn English with a teacher, or you learn playing kung fu with a teacher. It's safer, quicker, save a lot of time, and also save you a lot of uh, unnecessary. Um, uh, mistakes and downfall. I have read through your book and your lecture and we recognize that you didn't uh, discrimination between this religion to another one. You always get some of uh, the, the world from uh, teachers, from Buddha and another real master. Uh, can you tell me your relations uh, you are using now is um, make a good relation between uh, some of religion or not? I do not advocate a particular religion anywhere because we have enough religions. And if a Buddhist should adhere strictly to the Buddhist rules and scriptures, he is a good Buddhist already. If a Christian uh, truly live according to the commandments, then he's a good Christian already. So I have no, uh, I mean, no intention and also not necessary for me to advocate that you should follow Christian or Buddhist. We have enough churches and temples who teach people to be Buddhist or Catholic or Christian-minded. And, but uh, we help the Buddhists to get in touch with the Buddha nature, <laughs> help the Christian to know the kingdom of God, should they desire to know, should they desire to know. It's only an offering, an offer only, and no condition, no force, no money between, before, and after, no binding involved. Understand? And no religious, uh, I'll say, background or meditational experience are required. Absolutely unconditional. Hmm? If I belong to one religion, uh, such as a Buddhist or Catholic, today I want to receive initiation from you. Uh, do I need to um, to leave my religion? No, to... you don't need to leave your religion. I told you already. You can go to the church every Sunday or every day. I just teach you how to talk to God directly <laughs> in your church, if you wish to. Hmm? The Master... I don't believe any religions, but I do. I have done a good job to everybody, and I try to make our neighbor happy, also to my father too. So, if we die, can we go to the heaven? Sure, you can. Sure, you can. This is all the this kind of person or the religions teach us to be. Surely, you'll be in heaven. But how long it lasts, I cannot assure you. Because your merit is also limited. Yeah? 
because if we're good, you're good to one father, maybe in 70 years, then maybe you have 70 years of heaven. <laughs> and later on, uh, probably you, we have to go back again and do other merits. Uh, but if we are truly enlightened and get direct contact with uh, God while here, then we can ask for anything. And then we don't have to go back again if we don't desire to go back. Master, the time is up. Huh? How come? It's nine o'clock. I didn't speak so much, not even an hour. Hmm, okay. So, again, could we all show our appreciation to Master Ching Hai? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, see. See, I thank you for all your love and your excitement <laughs> and all your questions. You love because you recognize I'm yourself. You are excited because you care. You, you care about my lecture and what I say. Thank you both. Yeah, I see you around all any other time. <laughs> <laughs>